everyone. Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, TVTPFL. It's Wednesday. It's January 6th. It's 2021. We have 11 NBA games, and we are brought to you by Monkey Knife Fight. If you guys haven't checked them out, check them out. They're doing an awesome job over there. Uh, love what they're doing. Excited that they've hopped on um, to the podcast. Uh, we got some special stuff going on here at Roto-Grinders that... If you haven't checked them out already, you can um, get a 100% matching bonus up to 50 bucks on your first deposit. Use promo code GRINDERS. Um, if you haven't checked them out and you're not a premium member, you can go to the homepage and there's a tab right there and easy enough to kind of check them out. So if you haven't checked out Monkey Knife Fight, check them out. Grant, um, welcome. Glad to have you. Um, how are you doing, my friend? Uh, not too bad. I'm winning a decent amount of money tonight, but... As I told you before the slate, I, for some reason, didn't have my notifications on for injuries and just worked out and played video games and then checked at eight or four minutes after the Clippers game started because I was just zoned out and had Paul George in half my lineups. Yeah. Um, hopefully, you still end up with a profit. Um, I know you were saying that you had some good lineups going, so hopefully it, it ends up working out okay for you. I'm sure it will. Um, let's get into it, man. We got 11 games. We got a lot to talk about here. Um, Houston at Indiana is where we start. 226 and a half total. Pacers favored by two and a half in this game. On the Houston side, Clemens is out. House is out. Mc, um, Martin Jr. is out, and Ben McLemore is out. And then on the Pacers side, Lamb and Warren continue to be out. Um, let's start here with Houston. Grant, what do you like here for Houston? Not a lot. I mean, honestly, with everyone kind of in the fold here, it doesn't really leave. Like, I don't want to play Harden with Wall and with Cousins with everyone playing. Like, I just don't see a ton of upside. He can't have a ton of upside in any given game. But on this slate, there's a few games on the later end that are very good. So at 11K, just not a price that I really want to pay for him. So majority of my interest is in John Wall. John obviously had a little bit of an off game last time. Um, only ended up with 24 points. Still played 33 minutes. Um, but obviously prior two games, 37 minutes each or over 20 shot attempts. I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I, I think that he's the guy that offers most upside at 7,400 outside of him. Like just not really a ton. Maybe, maybe Boogie ends up playing a little bit more. I, I just don't really see a need to play anyone else here. Wood, it's a GBP flyer just in case he still ended up with 33 minutes again. He always has huge point per minute upside and couldn't end up with 50 in any given matchup here, but it's not really the greatest matchup in the world going up against Indy. So it's John Wall here. Yeah, I don't man, like John Wall burned me bad last time out, but got in foul trouble. Um, you know, Christian Wood is a guy that could he could crush in this matchup there. Likely going to need his size. Him and PJ um, Tucker should play, you know, pretty sizable minutes here. But, you know, I, I think it's going back to the well on John Wall and just kind of writing off the the last game with the, the fouls and just not really having a great game overall. So um, I like John Wall here. I like Christian Wood. And then let's talk about the Pacers. Don't typically play the Pacers that much just because they're a team that, is pretty balanced. Is there anybody that's in this matchup against Houston that you like? I think, yeah, again, going up against Houston, 227 total. I think that you can go with Sabonis. Sabonis has 60 point upside in this type of matchup here. 
Um, he'd be the main guy I'd go with, but I don't really have a problem with playing Braga and Ola, or Oladipo. Both of them are fine. Both of them have been playing really well recently. Both of them getting a boatload of minutes. Oladipo's looked real good so far this year, and he's priced at 7K. All of them offer a bit of upside just because of the high total in this game. The projection that this is going to be a close game. I see, know we see a lot of blowouts, so it'd be mostly if I'm bringing it back with someone with John Wolf. I'm going with Brogdon and Old Depot, but Sabonis I like regardless. I think that he can end up with a huge game here, and he's not someone I generally like to play, especially at not over 9K, but I think there's a spot where he could absolutely crush here. Uh, so he's my favorite play here, but Brogdon and Old Depot are both fine. Yeah, I think, I think like, I don't mind Sabonis in this spot. I'm more likely to play Oladipo at 7K or Brogdon here. But I think that, like, if you want to – I wouldn't talk you off of playing Sabonis. It's just 9,200 for Sabonis on an 11-game slate seems like a lot, but also, like, you have to kind of like the matchup for him too. But Brogdon and Oladipo being cheaper, I think that, like, they're going to be guys that, like, end up making my final build here. Um, let's go to Orlando. We got Cleveland at Orlando. No total in this one. Deladova's out. Exum's out. Garland's out. Love is out. Porter's out. And then on the Magic side, Aminu's out. Michael Carter-Williams is out. Isaac is out. Okay, he is out. And Fournier is questionable. Um, let's start with Cleveland. Obviously, with Garland out, Exum out, Deladova, Love out. Like, a lot of um, minutes to kind of go around here for Cleveland. What do you like? Yeah, I mean, I honestly, like, I don't like the matchup overall going up against Orlando, but I like the amount of minutes everyone's going to get. I think CD has a bit of upside here. I know that he's a guy that can just do absolutely nothing on the floor occasionally, but with Garland out and all these other guys out, I think they could get a little bit of usage uptick, and he just put up 43 against these guys in the last game, so I don't think he'll be chalky, but 5.5K doesn't make a bad low, mid-tier option here. and gives you a decent amount of upside. Um, Sexton... 7.2K. I know he let down in the last game, but he still has gotten over 40 points multiple times this year without Garland. In here, should get seen uptick in usage. Drummond, the price tag seems a little bit low. I know that he's been bad the last few games, but it's still Drummond in a spot where Garland's out, so we'll see an uptick in usage. But I, I think my favorite to play, my favorite play is CD, like just because I don't like. Do you think he's going to draw any ownership? I think he will just because these two teams just played and he had a, yeah. a really good game. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. People just chasing that last game. And even though I'm doing that, like I, he was kind of a guy that I was going to use if, um, if who was it that got it, whoever got injured, just because he ended up with more playing time here. He's going to get a boatload of minutes. His price tag's good. But like, honestly, Drummond, Sexton, Nance. CD are all very much in play, and then we'll wait and see where the starting lineup ends up going for anyone else. But I don't know if I want to use any of these value plays. Yeah, Osman checked in for Exxon when he got hurt, and like he had to play um, a boatload of minutes, and like that should be the case here again. Um, you know, Sexton's going to play a lot of minutes, so I think Osman and Sexton are your two guys if you're just kind of like minutes hogging. If you think this game stays close, I think Larry Nance Jr. is somewhat interesting because he just didn't play really any fourth quarter minutes and still played 34 minutes the other night. So if he has, um, like, he's, he's someone that's interesting, Drummond could have a big game. I think really, like, the minutes are going to be Drummond, Osman, Sexton, 
Nance and Dotson are going to play 30 plus minutes each. And like, there's nobody on this team that I really like as like a bench role player, because I think these five guys in a close game are just going to play as many minutes as they possibly can handle. So I think you could even potentially talk me into playing Dotson at 4,200. I don't think he's the worst play if he's going to get, you know, 30 to 35 minutes in a game if it stays close here. So uh, let's go to the magic side of things. Michael Carter-Williams being out should, you know, definitely change things. If Fournier's back, it probably won't change too much um, if Fournier's back. But with Michael Carter-Williams out, that's either it's either going to be like Terrence Ross or like Cole Anthony, maybe Birch, um, you know, starting. Because like Michael Carter-Williams got hurt in the third quarter the other night. So like we really don't know like who would have started the second half or anything like that. So um, what are you looking at here when it comes to Orlando Magic? And I don't like, yeah, it all depends on who's starting. If Fournier plays, if Fournier plays, there's not a ton for me to love in this spot. But if Fournier is out, then, yeah, you kind of look at the starting lineup, see who was likely to get minutes there. But Cleveland has been, for some reason, very good defensively this year. They've been in a lot of low-scoring games. They're not running at a huge pace. Like, I, I don't really want to play anyone in Orlando, but this is more of just of a game stack scenario. So if I'm bringing it – if I'm playing two to three Cleveland players, I'm just hoping that there's not a blowout because they'll all end up playing 35 plus minutes or around there if this game ends up staying close. So I need to bring it back with someone. Aaron Gordon, like I know he had a good game in the last game, but I'm not chasing that. He still only played 28 minutes. Like I don't know how many minutes they're going to end up giving him in this spot. It's not a great matchup. So Aaron Gordon's probably out. Fultz, I think, is an all right play, but doesn't sign grayed out is a great place. 6.2 K is probably way should be priced. I know he was doing better earlier on the season, but just hasn't been great recently and hasn't shot the ball a ton or shot the ball. Great. So it's kind of dependent on the Fournier news. Um, Vucevic, Vuce, I'm fine with playing. The problem is I'd be playing Drummond most likely on the other side, but if I'm not playing Drummond or if I have the extra money for it and I'm game stacking it up, I think Vooch is the obvious guy to throw in there. And then, all depending on if Fournier is in or not, whoever ends up getting the starting nod, I think is worth it. And Ross, regardless of who he does or not, I think that he's still fine. So it's Vooch, it's Ross, and then everything else is dependent on the Fournier news. Yeah, like if Fournier sits and Terrence Ross starts, I love Cole Anthony. Um, I think he's super interesting in this game. If Cole Anthony starts and like it looks like he's going to play like 30 minutes in this game, I don't mind Cole Anthony in that scenario either. So if Fournier is out, I think Cole Anthony is someone to kind of look at here. Um, outside of that, like, I don't know, man. I know Aaron Gordon had a big game the other night. They really have been careful with his minutes. Um, so, like, that worries me. I'm not, I don't think one big game is really going to change my thoughts on Aaron Gordon. I know it was the same team, but I'm probably going to pass on him. Um, I think you see a could... big game by Gordon, like, what? once every 15 games anyways he gets hot on and like he's a guy that gets on runs but like I, I just don't see him playing like 35 minutes right now even in a close game so like what's his ceiling what 45 like the other night and like don't get me wrong we'll be very happy with 45 at 6400 but I, I think like a lot of things are gonna have to go right um for Aaron Gordon to get there with the minutes kind of being where they're at for him right now so um if Fournier plays 
at 5,300, um, I would definitely play Fournier if he's good to go. Um, moving right along here, we got Washington at Philadelphia. 231 and a half total here. Uh, Philly favored by six. No real big injury news in this game. Corkmaz is still out, but that's really it. Mike Scott's out. Um, what do we like here on Washington? I'm not really sure what to play over here on Washington. Philly's obviously not a great matchup. They're currently the top-ranked defense in terms of efficiency. But the 231 total, like, I got to assume some points are being scored here. I just don't know where to go. I mean, Beal, Thomas, Westbrook are all fine plays, but they're all priced about where they should be. Reeves probably priced about where he should be after everything. Like, I I want to like something on Washington. I just don't. Like, nothing stands out as a great play. It's 11-game slate, and I know it's a – 231 uh total game but realistically i don't i don't know if there's anyone that stands this is a game stack spot this is strictly a game stack spot for me depending on what uh salary savers end up opening up on the slate if i had to rank players it's westbrook then brian then beal um but like i said this is not a spot where i really want to use anyone over on the washington side i'm more interested on the philly side and so it's it's just that's what it is (laughs) Yeah, like Westbrook uh, on the Washington side is probably like the guy you would end up on. Um, Hachimura, he played 33 minutes the other night against Brooklyn. If they're really going to give him this type of minutes, um, you know, he's super interesting. But it's hard to really trust where the minutes are going to come from because they they have Bertans. They have um, Denny. Like they have so many people that could play that role. So like. I think Westbrook's really the only guy that I have like remote interest in interest in on Washington. Um, and then on the Philly side of things, like it's really hard not to love like this matchup for Embiid, but it's also hard to love it. Like he really hasn't had that like Joel Embiid monster game yet, but like this atmosphere, this type of game sets up for like him to have a monster game. Yeah, I mean, he had that 62-point game versus uh, Toronto. Um, he's had, like, a few decent – like, last game, he only played 25 minutes going up against Charlotte, and he still ended up with 44 points. Uh, I think this is absolutely a spot where you can go with him. Again, they have, I think, the largest implied total at the moment on the entire slate. Might be one or a half point behind uh, Atlanta. But in any case, like, huge projected total here. Terrible defensive team in Washington. One of the highest paced teams in the league in Washington, currently sitting at three, not too far behind Golden State. Like this is an absolute beautiful spot for Embiid. This is really a great spot for everyone. I know Simmons really hasn't been that impressive all year, but he's a guy that can get end up with a triple-double in this game with this many possessions. Like Harris is not a guy that I like to play a whole lot, especially if everyone else on the team is playing, but he get in a, for, in a big game here. And then Seth Curry, like fast-paced game, he could end up shooting a lot of threes here in this spot. I don't mind anyone. Like, I want to play all these guys on the Philly side, which just makes it tough because I can't really play Embiid and Westbrook on the same squad, and he's the main guy I want to go with on the other side. So this just makes it a tough game for me to stack up here unless some value opens up, which very easily could. Who knows what's going to end up happening in Clippers. Like, there's a few spots where value could end up opening up, and you need to watch out for that. And if so, like this is a perfect game stack spot to bring back some value from some other games. Yeah, like 
you know, Shake Milton has been really close to like being very interesting. Seth Curry is very interesting. Like if you're looking for like mid-range plays here, um, those guys are are somewhat you know on the radar. We'll have to kind of see if anything opens up or not. Um, but yeah, like this is not a spot I play Ben Simmons. I know Ben Simmons can have like a monster game, but 8,800 for me on Simmons. Like it's hard for me to ever play like Ben Simmons when he's, you know, over 8,500 in general. So I think Seth Curry, Shake Milton are very interesting here. Um, yeah, that's kind of it for me on that one. So we move on. We got Charlotte at Atlanta, 230 total. Atlanta favored by five and a half. Um, Zeller remains out. Um, Chris Dunn's out. Gallo's out. Rondo's out. Snell's out. Let's start here with Charlotte. Um, LaMelo Ball is is shown – he's shown up to the NBA, um, Grant. He has shown up to the NBA. Yeah, yeah no, he has. Um, he's been – fantastic and he's been playing over 30 minutes in the last few games he'd keep getting more and more minutes here he's the first guy that i'd look at in this game with a fairly high total here 232 it's not projected to be horribly close but Melo's like the main guy i don't want to use graham graham just hasn't been the same he's not getting the same minutes. Melo's going to eat into it rogier is pretty much the same guy he'll have an occasional big game but most of the time he's really not going to do a ton although there's a spot where he could end up going out for a big game. Hayward's playing minutes, doing his thing. Like, I, I want to play Rozier a little bit in big field GBPs, but Hayward and Mello are the two guys I want to target from this game that has the highest on the entire slate here going up against Atlanta, who's really not a great defensive team. Like, this is a perfect spot for them. This is one of the best game stacks here. And, yeah, Hayward and Mello are the two guys that I want to go with. I'm not going with Bridges in all likelihood. Washington – He's cheap enough. I think you can possibly go with him, considering he'll end up with some minutes here. But realistically, it's Lamelo and it's Hayward, the two guys, and I love Lamelo here. Yeah, I love Hayward too. I think both these guys are phenomenal plays. But Lamelo Ball has been—he's been phenomenal um, here recently. And like, where, I, I, like this dude's a triple-double um, upside type of play at six K. Um, and he's getting minutes now and he's going up against Atlanta. Like Atlanta is a middle of the road defense, um, you know, pace wise, these two teams, um, play at very similar paces. So this game should be really solid. We got a two thirty total. Like this game is, is, is really strong, um, in a lot of aspects here, but I, I like LaMelo ball a lot. Um, I like Hayward a lot. If I was going to play Rozier, I, I would say don't play LaMelo on the same team. I don't know what type of upside these two guys are going to have together. I think they correlate kind of bad together. So, um, And then, like, with Zeller out, Biombo's still going to play plenty of minutes. Um, got in early foul trouble against Philly the other night. Blowout game. It just was a bad game for Biombo in general. So um, just wanted to point out that, like, he should continue to play pretty solid minutes um what do you like here for atlanta i mean trey is always in play when they have the highest implied total on the slate in a game that's projected to be moderately close again he's a guy that'll probably be bringing it back with him playing lamello or hayward uh collins is fine but he's priced about where he should be at 7.2k don't see a ton of upside um but he's in play pretty much every night capella is still clearly underpriced at 6.2 
7K. I know he had a bit of a letdown in the last spot, only putting up 30 points, but this is a much better game. This is a much better spot. This is a much higher pace game. This will be just a good game to go with him. I mean, New York is generally not a high-paced team. So people might go off of him after the last game. I think that that's a mistake. Outside of that, like, don't really want to go with any of their wings in this spot. They all are fine if you want to add one more guy to your stack, but realistically, I'm not going with Reddish. I'm not going with Bogdanovich. I'm not going with Hunter. Like, they're all priced about where they should be. Hunter probably offers a little bit upside, but not a ton. Um, it's it's predominantly the three main or Trey Young and Capella here. Yeah, and like you could throw John Collins in the mix too if you really wanted to. But I think like I think Capella is at the minutes you want him to be at, um, and like sixty seven hundred is probably right where he should be. But this is a guy that could go forty plus, so. Um, at 30 to 35 minutes, I think Capella is very much in play. And I'm with you on the wings. Like, if I was going to play anybody, I'd probably just take, like, Kevin Herter and hope he shot the ball, like, super well and paid off his price tag that way. Um, but overall, like, I, I don't think I'm going to play any of these wings on an 11-game slate. Uh, we got Utah at New York. 215 total here. Utah favored by six. It is a back-to-back for Utah, so we don't have injury reports for them. Um, uh, Burks is questionable. Noel is questionable. Nitlakina is out and Toppin is out. Sorry, Utah. Um, kind of an ugly, ugly game um, against the, the Nets on Tuesday night. But Donovan Mitchell still played 30 minutes. Gobert still played 27. Conley still played 27. They still like had these guys out there in a game they probably shouldn't have played that many minutes. Um, what are your thoughts here on Utah on the back-to-back going into New York? Yeah, it was a weird game. I mean, Kyrie just went in there and made like his first 10 shots, something ridiculous like that, uh, and just started off on a tear and Utah started real slow. And so it was pretty much out of hand. They did get within 20. So that's kind of why they ended up playing a little bit of their starting rotation for the third quarter. Um, But yeah, on the second end of a back-to-back going up against New York, I, I don't. I don't see a ton of upside with these guys. Mitchell's probably the guy that's going to offer you the most upside, but he's priced up at 7.8K. I don't see a ton of value there. Go Bear, second and back-to-back. Should see a decent amount, enough of minutes, but 7.6K, he could end up with 40. I don't mind it a whole lot, but this is a spot where I'm probably just going to stay away from the Jazz. Um, Don't really see a ton of value with a, what, 217 total, 214 total, like – this is an 11 game slate. There's going to be some, there's some great spots later on in the night that could be really good spots and offer a ton of value depending on who ends up playing for the Clippers tomorrow. But I, I just, I, I might X off the jazz entirely outside of maybe one or two Mitchell lineups. If I'm bringing it back with Barrett and Randall. Yeah. Like, I don't know how much I love Mike Conley on a back-to-back, but I do think Donovan Mitchell is probably my favorite play from this group. Jordan Clarkson is is someone interesting, but I don't know on an 11-game slate if he, like, makes the, the cut um, in general here. So I think Clarkson's just kind of on that, like, edge of, like, if he was a little bit cheaper, maybe he could take a shot. But I think Donovan Mitchell's the play from Utah. And then on the New York side of things, like, Julius Randle is just playing a gazillion minutes every night right now. Um, It's hard not to like him in any matchup. And, like, 
Utah is a middle of the road defense. They're not like this amazing defense. Um, I think they're like 14th or 15th in defensive efficiency this season. So I think Julius Randle is, is super interesting if he's going to be continuing to play high thirties, low forties minutes every night. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've, I've been playing Randall a ton this season. It's worked out fantastically. I'm not about to stop now. Um, he's going to play a boatload of minutes at this end of the game ends up staying close, which honestly, I'm probably going to end up betting uh, the New York side of it. They're currently plus two Oh four, five uh, dog right now, a six and a half point dog. I don't mind either of those numbers right now. Second amendment back to back for Utah and New York's been playing a whole lot better. I, I, I honestly think they have a pretty good shot of winning. Uh, but for fantasy, it's Randall, it's Barrett. They're playing a ton of minutes. Burks might be coming back. Um, if he does, then like it might eat into Peyton's minutes a little bit. I, I just I I don't I don't trust Peyton's minutes right now. Robinson, it's a terrible matchup going up against Gobert. I know he offers upside in any matchup, and he's five point six K, but not a guy I want to go with. Burks is 5.6K. I don't really want to play Bullock. He's fine. He's cheap, but there's going to be a lot of value on this 11-game slate. As of right now, don't want to play Rivers. It's, it's really just Barrett and Randall. It's because we know that they're going to get close to 40 minutes or 40-plus minutes in any given matchup. They have tons of upside. Barrett has been shooting terrible for the majority of the season. And then he's finally pulled things together in the last two games and he had a 53 and 37 point game. He's only seven K. That's a little bit underpriced, especially going up against Utah where Barrett could be taking a few more shots from outside of the arc. So I think he offers even more upside than a normal matchup because of go bear. So it's Randall, it's Barrett for me. Those are the only two I want to play from New York. It's not a big enough slate to really consider anyone else. And with Burks coming back, Peyton really doesn't have his reliable minutes is, um he normally does yeah like honestly when you're looking at this game uh, as a whole um i think like randall barrett mitchell stacks are fine i don't think this is a game you're necessarily looking for like the cheap pieces i will say if burks is out austin rivers played 33 minutes against atlanta the other night but dsj is supposed to be back in this one so it's really tough to say like how many minutes is Austin Rivers going to play in that scenario? So um, moving on here, we got Boston at Miami, 218 total. Miami favored by two and a half in this one. Green, Langford are out. Um, Kimba's out. Smart and Teague are questionable. And then Mo Hartless is questionable on the Miami side. Uh, Boston, this is a tough one because like we really need to know like Jeff Teague and Marcus Smart news. Um, this is a 730 game. We should have it before lock. Um, what do you like here for Boston, knowing the situation here? Knowing the situation, I think I like Tatum regardless. He's just been on an absolute tear recently. It's not the best matchup in the world going up against Miami. There's not a huge total, but he's just been chucking. and He's been contributing in all areas of the floor. Has big upside in any game. 9K is the problem. There's a lot of guys in that price range that I think I'd rather go with. So strictly a tournament option. I'm kind of waiting to see where his ownership will lie. Um, so it's mostly him. Brown's fine. Brown offers a bit of upside, but yeah, everything else kind of comes down to the smart and Teague mute or uh, smart and Teague information, whether they're playing or not. If smart is out and Teague ends up playing, then I guess I'm fine with Teague. But if both of them are out, I think Pritchard's price tag is probably about where it should be. Um, I know he had a big game the other night. 
but he shot really well. He shot 60% from the floor. I don't know if that'll happen again going up against Miami. It'll be a slower paced game. So not a ton of interest is basically where I'm at. It's strictly going to see where ownership's at. For Tatum is probably where I will end up figuring out if I want any exposure to this really. Yeah, I think Jason Tatum is a guy that can easily go 50-plus in this one. If Marcus Smart is out, I think Tatum and Brown are fantastic. I think Pritchard is the the value in that scenario. Played 32 minutes the other night. Took a lot of shots um, with Marcus Smart out. Had eight assists in that game as well. So definitely like him. Um, You know, Tristan Thompson, second end of a back-to-back. Really didn't expect him to play a ton of minutes in that game. I think you could go back to the well on Tristan Thompson. I think it's a it's a really tough matchup um, for him um, going up against Bam. But I think, like, at his price, like, you just really need him to play, like, 25 to 30 minutes at the at a big position to kind of pay off this price tag. So um, I don't hate him. Let's go to the Miami side of things. Um, obviously, like, if Marcus Smart ends up sitting – then we're going to be playing some of these Boston guys, assuming that Jeff Teague is out as well. So who are we looking to potentially run it back with on the Boston side of things? You mean on the Miami side of things? Miami oh, side of things. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm worried a little bit about Butler's minutes. Like I know he just came off the ankles, ankle injury not too long ago. And I think they might still be careful with him. Obviously had the least amount of time to rest from last season to now. I don't, I don't know, like Hero, Drogic, Robinson, Bam, like none of them really stand out of the page. It's too big of a, um, too big of a slate today. Again, this is probably a cross-off game for me. Neither team has that high of implied team total. It is projected to be close, which I know is something that rarely happens in the NBA anymore, but just don't have any desire to play anyone here. Yeah, honestly, like, even this is my this might be one of the spots like I might play some Boston guys and not really run it back with Miami. I think like if I'm playing anybody, I'm taking like a, a chance that like this game stays like super competitive and like we get like a, a stealing game out of Goran Dragic. Like, you know, he's he just didn't play a ton of minutes the other night, shot bad against Dallas, um, really hasn't had like that good game in the last few games, so his ownership should be really, really low. Um and I think he's okay in, in tournaments um, if you're playing some Boston guys and want and want to run it back. Uh, Detroit at Milwaukee, 227 total here. Milwaukee favored by 13 and a half. Um, Hayes is doubtful. Jackson's questionable. Cunnington is doubtful. And Craig is out on the Milwaukee side. Grant, um, like this game should not stay close. Let, let's just be honest. Um, but we say that and like these two teams just played – and it was a 125 to 115 game. What are we looking at on the more, on the Detroit side of things? I mean, I think you can go with Griffin. You can go with Grant. You can go with Plumley. Like, I don't really know if I trust anyone else's minutes fully. Um, but you're right. This game probably isn't going to stay close. I know they just played each other. And it did stay close. But that doesn't really necessarily mean that it's going to happen again. I'm writing off this game too. Again, it sounds like I'm just writing off a lot of games and we've got some good ones later on tonight uh, that we'll get to in a second, but like all these guys are probably priced about where they should be. They have a bit of upside if this game stays close. So, I mean, Griffin, Grant and Plumlee are all in play, but it's only if you're bringing it back with some Milwaukee players and you're stacking up the game, hoping it stays close, but 
mean, I know it's bad to predict blowouts, but when Vegas has a line of 13 and a half, just don't see many scenarios where it ends up staying close and none of these guys stand out as great plays regardless. So it's a tough defensive matchup. I know it's a decent pace spot, but Detroit just with all these guys in here, don't expect a ton out of any of them. Yeah. Like my favorite Detroit player might be like Rose. Um, And like, I think that says a lot. Um, You know, right out of nowhere, played no minutes the other night. The only reason he kind of came in is because Hayes got hurt. Um, I think that was a little interesting. Ellington got some extra run um, with some guys out. Like, it's really hard to to trust anything that Detroit's doing right now. So, I think that's one of the reasons that you potentially stay away. Like, Jeremy Grant has been the guy that, like, has been the most consistent and, like, the guy you really want to play um in general and like he had a monster game the other night but i think like that was more of like blake being out and than anything else so probably not even gonna end up on him uh the buck side of things like i think you could play middleton at 7500 um like if he shoots the ball very efficient and you know picks up some rebounds and assists on the way he could definitely pay off this price tag of 7500 yeah he definitely can um Again, don't think this game will stay close. Giannis can end up with a monster game if this game ends up staying close. He can end up with 70-plus points. But you only play him if you're bringing it back with a few Detroit guys. Again, just strictly a game stack scenario. Drew Holiday's price tag at 6.8K. He's not another bad guy to add into it. I know that he hasn't been fantastic this season, but a few decent upside games in the last few. So it's those three guys like – I, like I said, I don't think this game stays close. The only guys I have interest in are strictly situational about the game being a can, one that is going to be started. Some, sorry, I'm distracted right now. I checked out where I'm at in my lineups and just keep losing money. Um, but yeah, like it's Middleton, it's Giannis, it's Drew, and it's only if you it's only contingent on the game staying close. Yeah, like. You know, FanDuel finally caught up with, like, Drew's price. Um, he was super cheap over there for the longest period of time. Um, so, like, honestly, like, when I'm looking at this game as a whole, I'm kind of hoping Vegas is right because I don't think I end up on too much here. If Josh Jackson's out, if Hayes is out, like, I think you could potentially look at one of, one of the Detroit guys if you want to, um, but I don't think it's, like, a must-have type of spot on an 11-game slate. Um, OKC at New Orleans, 213 total here. New Orleans favored by 7.5. Um, Ariz is out. Thornwell's out. Um, anything here that you like for the Thunder? SGA is fine. New Orleans is playing at a really slow pace this season. Not the same team that we used to target against. SGA's price tag is probably where it should be at, maybe a little bit low. It definitely doesn't fully – put in for his upside. Basley's been playing well recently, over 35 in each of the last two, sitting there at 5.8K. Outside of them, no real interest. Like, I just don't see any guy giving me upside here in this matchup. It's going to be slow-paced matchup. Only 212 uh, over-under in this game. Pelicans are eight-and-a-half point favorite. Chance of a blowout. Just, this is a stay-away spot for everyone outside of SGA, and that's really it. Yeah, I think SGA, um, his price is maybe a little too low for, like, the usage and upside that he has. But 
outside of him, you really don't end up on any of these other guys, I don't think, on this slate. So, um, and then on the Pelican side, man, like this team is it's a Stan Van Gundy team, Grant. It's a Stan Van Gundy team. It is they're they're playing great defense and they're slowing the pace down. This is not the same Pelicans team that we're so used to. It's so hard to play any of these guys. Like Ingram is the guy I think on this team right now that you want to have even over like a Zion. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's Ingram. It's Ingram over Zion. Like Ingram's been playing better. Ingram isn't that much higher price. People still play Zion a little bit because he's Zion. Only two guys I like in this are those two and maybe Bledsoe if you're buying into how well he's been playing recently. Been playing over 30 minutes, been doing well, 47 and 33 points. Granted, both those were double-doubles. I don't really expect him to get 11 rebounds again. He could end up with 10 assists again, but like it's strictly a price play. It's strictly if you're bringing it back with SGA. Like Again, only a game stack game if you really want to, and it's Ingram, Zion. And Bledsoe are the only three pieces that I really consider. I don't really have any interest in playing ball. I don't see a ton of upside with him, even at 6,500, like against OKC and a potential blow. It's not worth the risk. So, like, another stay away game. But we have a few fun games coming up real quickly. Yes, let's get into one of those. Toronto at Phoenix, 217.5. Phoenix favored by 2.5. McCall is out. Jalen Smith is questionable. Um, Fred Van Fleet, man. Like, this guy has been fantastic. Like, low ownership almost every night. And, like, under 8K for a guy shooting the ball 20 times a night. Um, I I think Fred Van Vliet is one of the better tournament plays on this slate. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was on him a ton of the other night. and Good old Dean, 78904. It's like he really doesn't offer any upside ridiculous thing to say yeah he's been shoot, he's shot 19 times in each of the last three games we know he's going to play 35 plus minutes in this game if it ends up staying close which and according to vegas it probably will like van vliet is the guy that i want on this team like he, he's way underpriced at 7.9k considering his usage and how many shots he's putting up every single game outside of that og is probably the guy that offers you the most upside as price point um but not a huge fan of him Lowry is just playing a bunch of minutes, offers you a decent floor. I'll occasionally have a ceiling game, but I don't think this game is the one where he has one. It's only 218 applied team total or 218 total here. Siakam just hasn't seemed right pretty much since the bubble. I had one big game, but I'm not expecting a 15 rebound game again. So it, it's really just Van Vliet here over on the Toronto side, but he's an absolutely fantastic play on this slate. Yeah, I love him in this spot. Um I'm never going to talk you off of Lowry or Siakam. I think there's going to be games that like Siakam breaks the slate and like, could this be one? Sure. Um, if they let him play 40 minutes, uh, you know, why not? But I, I don't know, man. I, I think that Toronto is a team that to start the season is kind of disappointed um, in my opinion. And I think like Van Vliet's the only guy that I end up with here on such a big slate um going to the phoenix side of things here like i I honestly like it's hard not to somewhat like chris paul in this spot um i I don't know like if i end up on him uh, the 7k price tag seems really juicy 
but like Booker is seventy nine hundred too. Like it seems like this game is uh, maybe a little underpriced. Yeah, now the Phoenix side is definitely a little bit underpriced when you consider upside, but not really when you consider floor. So this is more of a GPB spot for me with Booker, Aiden, and Paul. Like all three of them really haven't shown a ton of upside so far this year playing together, but any one of them can go off a big for a big game. I mean, Paul at 7K is probably a bit too underpriced. He can still get you 50-plus points in virtually any game. This game's projected to be moderately close, so... This is a spot where you can bring it back with any one of those three if you're bringing Van Vliet on the other side. But again, a lot of the cheaper guys that I'm looking for and a lot of the other guys I'm looking for are going to be in the next two games that should be pretty massive totals. We don't have one for the Golden State one. But yeah, these the last two games of night are going to be the good ones. Yeah. Um, Chicago at Sacramento, 232 total. Sacramento is favored in this game by six it is a back-to-back um for chicago i think um so like markinen's out satarinsky is out right like all these guys that are out like archie they're all not expected to be on this road trip so hutchinson archie satarinsky markinen all out um chicago's playing as we're recording and i haven't seen like any news come out of that game yet so um, and then on the Sacramento side of things, Halliburton's questionable. Um, what do you like here for Chicago? Levine, White, Porter Jr., all are fantastic plays. Thad Young and Carter are both fine plays, but Chicago's just playing at such a massive pace. This game sh- should be fairly close. I know it's a six-and-a-half-point spread, and Chicago's on a back, second end of a back-to-back, but I think this is going to be a high-scoring close game here. It's a 231-and-a-half apply team total. White, Levine, and Porter all having mediocre games. The second half is literally about to start going up against Portland. So don't know if that game ends up staying close. If so, then they might be a little bit more well-rested. But Levine, I think on the two back-to-backs he's played so far this season, one, he played 35 minutes in the second end of the back-back. The other one was complete and total blowout going up against Milwaukee. So I don't really have any problem with him in his minutes in the second end of back-to-back. Again, don't have a huge sample size with White or with Porter Jr., but either one of these guys can put up a big game going up against Sacramento here. Love them all, love all three of them. Carter Jr. and Thaddeus Young are both fine to throw in there too, but it's predominantly those three guys. I think it's a big enough slate where you can avoid Carter Jr. and Young because there's a lot of guys in the four to five K range that we can use. Yeah, like it's hard not to like Zach Levine and Col- and Kobe White here. Um Otto Porter, I'm I'm on the fence um on the end of like the second end of a back to back. So I'm a little on the fence with him, but I do think overall, like if you want to play him, I'm not going to talk you off of him. I, I do think like when I'm playing Chicago here, I'm, I'm kind of paying up for Levine and white. Um, and then on the Sacramento side, I know that Holmes got in foul trouble and burned us all the other night, but I feel like this is a, an excellent spot to go back to the well. Absolutely. Again, Chicago. Gotta have a short it. memory, Grant. Gotta have yeah, a short memory. Yeah, well, he, I, I, the only two players I locked in that night were Bay and Holmes. So oh, yeah. I played Bay everywhere that night. I almost got back to Ethan thanks to Tatum and someone else and Van Vliet having most them in most every lineup. But yeah, no, that was a rough night. But yeah, have a short memory here. Um, it's a fantastic matchup, similar to what we had with Golden State the other night. Uh, mediocre defensive team. And one of the fastest paced teams in the NBA. They're currently number two right behind Golden State. Like this is a beautiful spot here. And everyone's probably going to not play Holmes because of what happened. But Holmes, 
are, is a fantastic play. Barnes a little bit more expensive than I like him to be, but still, if this game ends up staying close here, then he's going to end up playing 36, 37 minutes. He's been doing like fairly well so far this year. Normally not a guy that offers us a ton of upside, but in this type of matchup, realistically has 45-point upside. Fox is probably a little bit too cheap at 8.2K. Can get you 50-plus points here. Again, Chicago, not great defensively. Super fast-paced. Like, I love this spot for all three of those guys. Bagley, still getting a ton of usage. I still think he's leading the team in terms of usage, but just can't really trust his minutes. Um, at 5.2K, he's only going to play 24, 25 minutes. Don't see a ton of upside there. So, yeah, it's 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 Holmes, it's Barnes, it's Fox. I think his buddy's still way too cheap over on FanDuel. Yeah, he's like 5,200. Yeah, buddy over on FanDuel. So all four of those guys are fantastic plays. But Holmes is far and away my favorite play from this in this spot. Yeah, I like this game a lot. It's probably the game that I'm I'm going to end up targeting the most. Uh, maybe like this game and the the Charlotte Atlanta game. Um, so really like uh, Chicago Sacramento here. Um, let's get to the last one. We got the Clippers and Golden State Warriors. Uh, Chris is out. The Clippers are on a back-to-back. Um, I'd be shocked if, like, Kawhi plays on the second end of a back-to-back. I can't remember the, the last time, like, he played on a second end of a back-to-back or a back-to-back in general. So I wouldn't be shocked if, like, Paul George's ankle feels 100% um, today on Wednesday and, you know, Kawhi's out and Paul George gets – a boatload of usage. Um, What do you like here for the Clippers? Yeah, I mean, it all depends on who ends up playing, who ends up sitting, if Paul George plays and Kawhi sits, which I'm guessing is the most likely scenario. Paul George going up against the fastest-paced team in the NBA that's mediocre defensively, this is – he's going to be one of the top plays on the slate. Uh, It's just that simple. It's a perfect spot for him. Kawhi ends up sitting, then I think you can look at Batum. I think you can look at Lou Will. Either one of them are fine plays here at 49 and 44K. I didn't actually see what Lou Williams or Batum – I know Batum was off to a hot start tonight, um, but I don't know how it's actually ended up. They're currently in the fourth quarter. Oh, yeah, Batum's still having a great game. Lou Will, only 17 minutes. Gosh, what is going on? They don't play him, man. I was hoping with Paul George out, maybe they would. Ah, no, this is just getting infuriating because I'm probably going to take shots on him again tonight. I'm just going to lose money. Um, but, yeah, I guess Batum, like Batum and Paul George are the main two guys. Outside of that, like don't see any guy that really stands off the page too much, but it's such a high upside spot. I don't mind going with any of these other guys. Um. Yeah, you know, just – you know, kind of looking at this game as a whole, um, I want like we're we're just we're we're gonna be patiently waiting for the Clippers news. Hopefully, if Kawhi is not gonna play, it comes out super early. If Paul George is going to play, it comes out super early. Um, but we might not get this news until like five thirty, six thirty Eastern, um, which put us all in like scramble mode. Um, Nicholas Batum, like you said, at forty nine hundred, he's fine. Luke Kennard would probably start and play solid minutes, but I really don't trust him. The guy I want here is Paul George. Like, he's the guy that I want. Um, Unless some other guys get ruled out, Paul George, if Kawhi sits. If they both play, probably not playing either one of them, to be honest. Um, On the Golden State side of things, like, love Curry. Love Curry. Um, He is just – he's a guy that is just on fire. Um, and it's hard not to just absolutely love like his ceiling and upside right now, 
but as far as the rest of the Warriors go, Uber is going to have a game where he shoots the ball well. He's shooting the ball more. You know, he's he shooting the ball, the ball better. Ball well, finally in the last game, he yeah. doubled his or tripled his three-point made shot for the season. So, like, he's a guy that I don't mind taking some shots in tournaments. Um, you know, Draymond, we're, we're just kind of waiting for his minutes to go up. Wiseman, we're kind of waiting for his minutes to go up because his price is kind of up now. Um, what do you like here for Golden State? Yeah, I don't mind Wiseman. Um, yeah, his minutes aren't really there, but he tends to get in a lot of foul trouble. The last game was a weird one where it was a complete blowout. So that's why I didn't get as much run, but he could end up with decent minutes if he can stay out of foul trouble in any of these spots here, which I think the Clippers is not a bad spot considering who will be guarding. But uh, Wiseman, I don't think is a bad play. Ubre, I really like, like sitting there at 5.5K. Everyone was saying how bad he was this entire season long, but he was still putting up all right numbers, even though he was shooting absolutely just horrible. Um, last game went out six for 13 from the field, four for six from three. So he seems to finally have it together a little bit. He offers a bit of upside. He only played 26 minutes in the last game. And because he actually can shoot now, he ended up with 32 points last two games, six for 13 and seven for 13. So he's a guy that I think offers a bunch of upside in this spot. Um, and then Curry. Yeah, absolutely. Play Steph Curry. He's shooting a ton. He's playing fantastic. He's too cheap still, probably at 9.8K, considering how much usage he's going to get on this team. Uh, if this game stays close, I think he can go for another 60-point game here. So it's Ubre is probably my second favorite play. Curry's my favorite play, and I don't mind tournament shots on Wiseman, but I'm not overly enthusiastic about it because there's still a decent chance he ends up in foul trouble. All right, let's play the morning grind game, and then uh, we'll get out of here for Wednesday. Grant, give me your favorite play under 5K using DraftKings pricing to go uh, 7X on the slate. I should have probably kept a little bit better track of this throughout the course of the show. I always forget about it until the end of the game, and then I'm just sitting here talking, stalling for a really long period of time until I find someone. I've got nothing. Jake Melton. Actually, I'm going to go Batum soon. Good out. All right. Um, I don't mind your first one either. I'm going to go Cole Anthony because I think Fournier is going to sit again. So if Fournier plays, this is a terrible pick. Just throwing it out there. Um, over 8K to go under 5X. Who's your expensive guy at the top that's going to bust here? Bam Adebayo. All right. Um, I'm gonna go Bradley Beal. I think Beal has a good game. I just don't know if he necessarily gets five X at nine K. So uh favorite six X play on the slate. Who do you got? Van Vliet. I like it. I like it. I like that one. Um I'm gonna go Osman. And I don't even care if it feels like it's chasing. I'm gonna go Osman. Um let's get weird GPP play of the day. Who do you got? Oh, that's a tough one. I'm trying to, it's tough to figure out. I mean, LaMelo Ball probably isn't like to get weird. Um, I don't think it'll be that popular. On the, this is a monster slate, man. I mean, yeah. I mean, you think people are going to go back to Holmes as much as they should be doing? No. It's not really weird either. I'm going to go RJ Barrett. I don't think he's going to be owned at all. 
I think he's the higher owned of the three names that you said. Really? <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, not against you. Yeah. I was just I was just messing with you. Um, I just wanted to, I wanted to get a reaction. Um, my initial thought was Kobe White, and like maybe Kobe White is not get weird. Uh, so I'll go Gordon Hayward. He might not be weird either. Like it's so hard to guess like ownership the night before. Uh, Grant, any contest standing out to you? DraftKings, FanDuel, Yahoo, Monkey Knife Fight, anything um, standing out to you for this slate? I mean, I know we talk about the $100 single entry every single day. It's generally a little bit more less rake than a lot of other ones. But, I mean, if you don't have the bankroll, the $12 pick and roll, like, they generally run a few. I'm more of a fan of smaller field tournaments. I think I'm actually winning both of the ones I'm in today. But that's going to change in the next half hour. But, like, if you have a smaller bankroll, playing single entry is always a good idea. $12 is a reasonable buy-in. I know they generally have 15% rate, but pretty much any any GPP you play under a $20 one is going to end up around the same amount of rake. So I'm a big fan of those. I generally enter them most days. Um, since you went kind of cheap, I'm going to go expensive here. Uh, if you guys haven't already checked out, the NBA putback on FanDuel, it's a 222 um, single entry tournament. It's a very small field, pays out almost 25%. Uh, the payout structure is really strong, pays um, 5K to first, and like 43rd is still getting 400 bucks. So you're almost doubling your money. It's like 1.8, right? Um, so really solid payout structure for the top 10. So you don't have to necessarily have the nuts because it's only a 175-person tournament. So if you haven't checked that out, if you're a higher-stakes player, that is certainly one of the tournaments you should be checking out um, over there on FanDuel. Uh, Grant, finish this out here. Favorite over-under or against the spread pick today? I'm going to give you two. My favorite one is Golden State plus five. Or if you want to hit the money line, I think over on FanDuel, it's plus 176 right now. I put some money on before the show, but that one in – the Knicks plus six and a half. Both those games, I think that either one of those teams can end up winning. So take them against the spread if you want or take the money line. But Golden State's my official one at plus five. Yeah, I'm going to go Boston plus two and a half against Miami. Um, I think that's a really sharp. Like I, I, I could see betting Boston money line in that game. Uh, I think Boston beats Miami in Miami um, in that one. So I, I like the Boston side of that game. I also like sneakily really like the under in the Cleveland Orlando game. Um, those are two teams that are playing really good defense to start the season. I know some guys are out for Cleveland, but like they're both top five in defense and they both play at a pretty slow pace. So I think that under in the Orlando Cleveland game, we don't have it yet, but I think it um, ends up being a game that goes under. So uh, Grant, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Let's see auto Porter junior do something in the second half right now and make me some money all right man hope it works out for you that's gonna wrap it up here for wednesday we'll be back tomorrow talking nba and nfl we're gonna talk both on the podcast tomorrow grant you'll be back with me tomorrow so uh we'll be doing that hope everyone has an awesome wednesday good luck in your contest we'll see you guys again thursday see you kids